Welcome to the Improver Network Podcast. The Improver Network mission is to make the world better by helping faith-driven leaders, entrepreneurs, and small business owners improve personally and professionally. Finding balance and maintaining focus in a world of distractions and discouragement can be challenging and frustrating, but we're here to help you discover your purpose, become more productive, and reach your true potential. Now here's your host, Justin Winstead. Hello and welcome to the Improver Network Podcast. I'm Justin, your host, and I am here with my friend Sean Turner. And we are getting ready to have a great discussion with you today. Welcome, Sean. Hey, Justin. How you doing? Good, man. Good and getting better. That's what we like to say here at the Improver Network. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, man. Is your day treating you well? It's going very well. Good deal. Well, hey, man. Uh, we always like to start out our segments with something called Tell Me Something Good, and then we'll get to learn a little bit more about who you are and what you do in a minute. But just just start out telling me something good, man. What's something great going on in your world? You know what? That's, that's such a good thing to bring something uplifting because there's doom and gloom out there all the time. So uh, something good is that the the weather is not hot here in Texas anymore. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. (laughs) Yes. I love the weather. To my fault, I can be a fair weather person. So when the weather's good, I'm good. When it's bad, I can be not as happy. And so, but I love good weather. It gives me energy for sure. Yeah. It just makes me want to go work outside. Yep. And I'm a hot-natured person. I don't know about you, but I'm always like, I just sweat just like, the listeners don't want to know this, but, you know, I'm just like always hot. So when it cools off and I can just go enjoy things without like pouring sweat, man, I'm like, yay, this is a win. So I'm there with you. I'll celebrate that good. We just had that same conversation at our office. Uh, We like to keep it really cold in in my office, but then in the lady's office next door, we're like, welcome to my terrarium where (laughs) it's just like super hot and humid. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about, you mentioned your office, so tell us who you are, what your office is, what do you do, tell us about life. Yeah, so I'm, my name is Sean Turner, and I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Buffer Insurance, and we're an insurance agency based in Texas, but we do insurance all over the United States, and so I founded the company doing specifically health and life, but now we've expanded into home and auto and, and the whole whole gamut of insurance protecting people. Yeah. Very cool. How long has that been around and what got you started with that? Yeah, that's a great question. I kind of just found myself into it. It's not like no one uh, as a young child thinks, you know what, when I grow up, I'm going to be an insurance (laughs) Insurance agent. agent. That (laughs) sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So my aspirations, I think when I was younger, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And then I found out that I couldn't because I didn't have perfect eyesight at the time. And so anyways, I found myself uh, in insurance back in 2017. I worked for some financial advisors and then uh, they really wanted me to take over their book of business, financial advising. I realized that that's not something that I really wanted to do. And so I felt like God was telling me to start this business. And so I started the company in January, 2018. And uh, it was just me uh, out of the house. In fact, we didn't have any clients, just all prospects. And my wife comes in with this thermometer and hands it to me. And uh, it wasn't a thermometer. It, uh, she was crying, not because she wasn't pregnant, because she was crying because we were pregnant oh, with our, our a third baby. And so, so this wasn't scary at all. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, jo- I joined her on the floor and started crying. No, no, oh, no, I didn't. But it's just to say that we just worked our butts off to really make the company succeed. And and here we are today, uh, four years later, and we have a couple employees, and we're not out of the home office anymore, but. 
uh, serving thousands of people. Man, I love that a lot. And I think a lot of people, they want to do something different, launch something big, start a business, whatever. And there's just this fear that holds them back because they think, what if, like, what if we end up pregnant? Well, you know what? You did, and it still worked out, and you just yeah. you make it happen. And so don't let the fear hold you back, you know? So that's awesome that you stepped out and, and did that, and then you just power through. Sometimes know? it's nice to be ignorant of what the uh, the obstacles could be, you know? Uh, and so I my only thought was if I don't do this, I'm, I don't feel like I'm obeying God if I, if mm. I continue on my current path. And so I... I jumped out and said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And now I'm thinking, why didn't I do this 10 years yeah. ago? <laughs> why not just four years ago? 10 years ago would have been even better. Yeah, That's fun, man. Well, anything else about you personally, things you like to do, or any other fun facts about Sean? Yeah, I have three kids and a wife, and so they keep me really busy. Uh, but we're super involved with our, our church, our community, and then uh, we do a lot of like fundraising type stuff for different entities. But um, that's that's my life in a nutshell. Is my primary my primary focus is really developing the business and then developing our employees within the business. Mm. Man, that's awesome. Well, if you had to write a book tomorrow, what would you write about? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I. What's funny that you asked that question is timely because I just started putting notes in my iPhone for book topics or titles. And, and I really think that uh, there's this lack in the marketplace for uh, examples of successful businesses uh, doing it, uh, their things way biblically. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I feel like having a, a book that would show examples of, of these superstar success stories paired with biblical principles. In fact, one of them could be uh, one, of the, one of the Proverbs says that um, only God gives wealth without sorrow. Well, do you think Jeff Bezos, owner of Amazon, has sorrow mm-hmm. when he got divorced and had to give up half of his wealth to his wa- wa- right. former wife? And so, uh, just things like that that would bring perspective to the way we do business too. Not just you know, there's these Christian garage door companies out there, mm-hmm. and it's just the only thing Christian about them is their little fish that they have on the back of their truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but actually, more so, doing what we're uh, what we're seeing uh, in the Bible rather than just saying we're Christian business owners. I got you. So, so we're on to something. You heard it here first, right? You're going to write a book, and it's going to be full of these stories and help inspire other uh, faith-driven entrepreneurs. Yeah, I guess I, it's no longer just an iPhone note. Now I'm, now <laughs> now I'm being held accountable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun, man. I've always been a little bit torn on that sharing uh, goals and thoughts like that because – <clears throat> so some people will say that uh, when you talk about it, you actually diminish your likelihood that you'll do it because you get a certain amount of pleasure just by saying you're going to do it. And so it makes you less excited. And the more you talk about it, the less you actually do it. And I think there's some truth to it. But at the same time, sometimes saying it puts it out there. And now you've got accountability. You yeah. voice the you voice the dream and you got people that may ask you about it and check in with you or encourage you. And so I never know if you got a book or you got something like that you're working on, should you share it? Do you just keep it to yourself until you get it? You know, I don't know, but you, you let the cat out of the bag. I guess we'll use you as a case study to to see like, did he actually get it published or did him airing it on our podcast and saying what he's going to do? He's like, I felt good. I think I'm not even going to write it now. <laughs> well, I think maybe some of the listeners and uh, guests that you have later on, they, they might be those superstars that I need to include in my book. So yeah, there we go, man. Well, that is uh that's awesome. Well, um, 
tell me about one or two influential people in your life and how they impacted you. And maybe these are people that were close to you or people from afar that just had a big influence. But who would those people be? Yeah, before I get to the people, I'll have to get and say something about the books. Uh, I'm over here saying that I would want to write a book. I'm actually a terrible writer, so don't okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me clear the air on that. But I think uh, when I first started my business, I, I was looking for a mentor. I, I knew that I needed someone to kind of coach me through because I didn't know anything about business. And so I just started reading a, a ton of books, like every book I could get my hands on. And when I say read, I, I don't actually read books. I listen to them on Audible. But, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I, th- I think – the best mentors in my life have been these people I may never meet. Uh, but uh, one of them was a, a guy uh, who's written a book called The Advantage. Uh, mm-hmm. And so uh, The Advantage was very uh, was very influential in my life. But when we started actually looking at uh, people, uh, there is a guy that was introduced to me, a guy named Aaron McClung, and he's a business owner uh, that has a marketing agency. And he really is actually... Uh, as I started the company, Buffer Insurance, uh, at the time we were called Buffer Benefits because our focus was on employer benefits, but now we do a lot more consumer-type work. But um, Aaron was really pushing me to look deeper as to, into why we're doing what we're doing, the purpose behind it. And at the time, our selling technique was, well, our deductibles are lower or we can save you more money on premium. And it was all feature-based rather than purpose-based. And he really helped me come out with the framework to uh, say what we do and why we do it. Mm. And so uh, I remember he gave me these few sentences to use. And I was like, man, you know what? I was rehearsing in the car before I walked into this appointment. And I was just saying them to myself in the car. I thought, you know what? This sounds so stupid. And I just said, our highest pur- purpose is to serve others, and this is why we want to serve you. We believe that you have a future, and your future is worth protecting. I was just saying something simple like that, and a little bit more extensive uh, that was focused towards this specific prospect. And I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. If if I don't sign up to these people, then whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I tried, and I'm going to tell Aaron I tried, and I'm done. And I went in, and before I even got done saying our purpose and our why, she said, no joke. She said, Sean, where do we sign? Mm. And I was like, uh, I, I, in my head, when you know when you forecast things <laughs> and you're, you're, you're planning things, I was planning failure. And instead, she, she said, where do I sign? I was like, I kind of, I, I fumbled the ball. And I was like, well. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so, We're yeah. expecting that. That's awesome, man. I really like that. Well, uh, Patrick Lencioni, who wrote The Advantage, I'm uh, one of his uh, big fans out there. I'm actually certified uh, with them on his most recent book uh, that came out. It's actually a tool and a resource. It's called The Six Types of Working Genius. And so I don't know if you've gotten a copy uh, of that. Is that out already? Uh, it just was released last week. Well, it was released on September 27th. And so... Um, I tell you what, man, don't let me forget, but I actually, I've got extra copies here. And so uh, as a thank you for being a guest on the podcast, I'll give you one of those uh, copies of his book. So since you like him, uh, it'll be on there. But yeah, big fans of that. The Ideal Team Player, The Motive, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, all those are incredible uh, books by Lindsay Oney. But yeah, The Advantage is a good one. That's awesome. Cool, man. Any uh, Anybody else influential or people that you look at? It's like, man, they really altered the trajectory of my life. Uh, yeah, I would. I have a few family members that have done that, especially my uncle. Uh, and so uh, he was a successful business owner. Uh, even my own father-in-law was successful. And, and I've seen these people who had success, lost it all, and then even rebounded to have success again. And I think to me, 
uh, get, receiving advice from those guys, my father-in-law and my uncle both have done that, uh, just is phenomenal because it just shows how resilient uh, people need to be in the marketplace. And then also uh, the times that they lost it all, they put all their eggs in one basket. And mm. so it's nice to be able to learn from other people's mistakes and not from your own. And so uh, experience is not the best teacher. Other people's experiences yeah, are. that's right. <laughs> you know, somebody was talking to me about that idea the other day, and they talked about it's not really experience that teaches. It's mm. the evaluation of experience. I thought that was really interesting because they said you can evaluate with someone else what their experience was, and you can get the benefit of the experience yourself. You can learn from their mistakes, but just going through the mistake doesn't make you any better. It's going through it, then looking back on it, evaluating, what do I learn from this? What do I do different? And we can do that with someone else's mistakes. We don't even have to make it. I thought that was a really neat idea of the way of thinking about how you can grow and mature. And uh, Dave Ramsey, you know, he calls it the uh, stupid tax. He's like, sometimes you have to pay a stupid tax. It's a tax for being dumb, making stupid decisions. I would rather somebody else pay the stupid tax. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that thing. You yeah. Know, so. Well, sometimes it's seeing that the pain that they're going through makes you even more consider, like, evaluate, like, yes. ouch, I don't want to go through that oh that's a, that's a good way of uh, looking at it too well hey man you were recently just like thrust into the news over a situation connected with uh, buffer insurance your company uh can you just tell us uh, briefly kind of what happened uh with that what was how did it come about and then what's happened since like what's been kind of the ramifications of this uh i think kind of an unsuspected event i'm guessing in january when you were charting out your goals for 2022 that wasn't on the radar so. no no and in fact my wife she still holds it against me she's like sean of the two of us i thought i was going to be the famous one <laughs> and so yeah so at the end of june there was a, a climactic event uh, of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So the Dobbs decision overturned Roe v. Wade, which then made it illegal to have abortions in a lot of these states, and Texas being one of them. But the narrative at the time was that large corporations were pe- perpetuating this idea that they wanted to make it easy for their employees to get rid of their, their babies. And so what they were doing was that they were putting their money where their mouth was and saying, we're going to pay 4000 or $5,000 for the travel expenses for you to go out of state. So if we're a Texas-based entity, you fly up to Colorado, have an abortion, and come back to the office on Monday. And I was recounting this kind of our own personal story with my wife. Uh, And so we have three kids, like I mentioned, but our first child, Zoe, she's born about seven, eight years ago. And I should know. uh, Yeah, she's born eight years ago. (laughs) How old are my kids? No, no. And so uh, we didn't have insurance at the time. Uh, or at least the insurance we had counted this as a pre-existing condition. And so we missed the window on that being covered. And then I was back to the work workplace 40 hours after she was born. And so uh, it was an interesting time. And we just thought it was so stressful. When you're first married or when you're first having kids, it's just difficult, you know? Like, I mean, it's just hard. And so we said, you know what? We don't want our employees to be, to face this, this stress. And so we just did something that I didn't know was going to be countercultural. I just thought it was something the right thing to do was to, instead of making it easy for our employees to get rid of their kids, we're going to go ahead and pay for the medical expenses associated with the birth. We're going to implement maternity and paternity leave. And then also for those families who want to adopt, we'll same, the same medical expenses we put towards that. And we put it on, on social media 
And we paired it with some like tax strategies and uh, some methods that employers could use to maximize. Now, hold on, just I want to interrupt you. So why did you put it on social media? What was the idea on that? Were you trying to uh, stir up a, you know, a dust storm there, stir the pot, or what was the reason for for putting it on there? No, that's a good question. So the reason we put it on social media is because we had paired it with tax strategies and, and uh, methods that if other employers wanted to do this, we had written. Already, we, we got an attorney to write the uh, employee handbook oh, policies language. and okay. the language, all the resources. I was like, you know what? We spent money on this. Let's just make it free for other people to use. And so we we put this resource out there with our statement of what we were doing. Just like, hey, here's what we're offering. If you guys are wanting to do the same thing, just feel free. So again, you're not you're just you're just trying to say, hey, we want to help people, and this is what we feel led to do. And so you know, just share it with anybody who wants it, right? Yeah. And so we put it on social media, and it was. Like normally we get like twenty Facebook likes. We are not like in. We are not. Our social media game is like a C minus, maybe a D. Yeah. <laughs> like we get twenty likes. It's like my mom, my dad, my in laws, um, yeah. and then us at the office. <laughs> so, but this one uh, fa- Facebook post got over a million engagements, and it just exploded. And so, uh, what that showed us is that there is a huge desire for companies to want to do what we are doing. And so we we essentially activated a bunch of people, uh, and then as you know, I was on Fox and Friends, I was on uh, Newsmax and uh, Kirk Cameron, and all these different shows. I think I did fifty to seventy five interviews within like just a few weeks uh, of that time, uh, time frame. So, yeah. so when you say you, you were like on the like I would have turned on Fox News Channel and and seen you on there or Newsmax and like you were on TV like doing interviews with the uh, with the big dogs. Yeah, and man. I, Little old Sean, making it big. (laughs) Yeah, what's funny is, so I live in Roanoke, Texas, and so we we got on the news for that, but then the next thing Roanoke was on the news for was uh, having some uh, drag queen breakfast in in the city of Roanoke. So Roanoke's uh, been mentioned in the news quite a few times now, but no, (laughs) our our story just took off like wildfire, and... No one expected it to, and uh, but that honestly was us, our uh, like meager effort really to put our uh, like align our company's values with uh, with what our benefits look like, and so uh, we say all the time at Buffer, be there for the ones you love, or be there for the ones counting on you, and what better way to be there for the ones you love than actually have maternity leave where you can take off and be there for those those newborns instead of having to stress out and get back to work immediately. So it really just was birthed out of who we are and a lot of the axioms and then our core values of of taking care of people and taking care of our own employees and then allowing them to take care of their families. Ma'am, I love it. There's so much uh, goodness in that. And so so you went uh, on national TV, and of course now you're getting all these like uh, social media interactions. And what was the what was the ramifications of that other than the fact you're offering this to your people and to these other businesses, and now you're getting exposure? What effect did that have on business and maybe even personal life? Yeah, so it made us uh, need to improve. Yeah, <laughs> you see what I did there. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> we needed to improve a lot of our processes, and so it honestly it exposed a lot of gaps that we had. And the good news, we had thousands of people reach out to us. The bad news is we had thousands, thousands of people, people reaching out to us. Yeah, <laughs> and so we just weren't ready for the uh, the amount of attention, but we felt like we needed to steward that attention. And so uh, we say all the time that we are. 
we earn our clients' trust by being transparent, authentic, and responsive. And what was killing us is that we were trying to be responsive and we, we just weren't the same level of responsiveness. And so, uh, for a prime example, this is uh, just uh, being ex- extremely transparent. All of the web inquiries prior to this engagement that we had or this uh, news attention, all the contact us forms came directly to my inbox. Mm. And then I could then, at that point, we had such low volume that I could just direct it to whoever I thought could serve them best. And so it required us at that point to, uh, actually, I'll give you an example. I was on the Chad Prather show. He's got a, a, a show on Blaze Media. And while I was there interviewing, I think it was like two or three hours, I had my wife come up and she was directing all those email inquiries. I think I had like over 200 emails when I left. When I came back, all she was doing was forwarding the emails that came in from that contact us page. What well, takes like five seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had 250 emails when when I came back, and so for three hours straight, she was just forwarding these emails. And so we essentially said, "Hey, we need some landing pages that now allow us to ask a bunch of questions, and then it would al- offer the prospect to basically book a calendar appointment directly from our website." And instead of the back and forth of, hey, are you available these three days on three times, they could pick whatever time was best for them. So created a filter to kind of eliminate those who it's not a win-win uh, situation and then create some automation so that you're not having to manually uh, field a lot of those things. So, yeah, I love it, man. That's uh, that's really smart and a good, good use of the systems there. Yeah, I think uh, when you're a solopreneur, and you're trying to take the next step. I mean, investing in the processes is key because I remember when we hired our first employee, Shelly, back in 2019. It's about a year and a half after we started the business. We had a lot of processes, but they were all up in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so communicating those processes to new employees as we added more was important. And so, yeah, process. Man, that's... Uh... That's awesome. Any other uh, ripple effect or ramifications that are significant that came from uh, that event? Yeah, I think uh, just uh, the platform he gave us, uh, like this event gave us to to speak into different things. And so uh, we felt like we were kind of being this little tiny match that was lighting this like kind of fire across America for standing up for your values. And so there's this big thing uh, people refer to is called the silent majority. Mm-hmm. And it's like the silent majority doesn't have to be silent. In mm-hmm. fact, they lose their influence when they're right. silent. And so we were just trying to not fade away and mm-hmm. we were trying to make an impact. And honestly, we, we've seen hundreds of companies. There's a company called Rex down in Austin that when they saw all of this, they they implemented the same thing. Well, we only have like we had six employees. We just added two more after the, all this uh, attention. We got an, enough business to add a few people, but they have like several hundred. They have like 450, 500 employees. Mm. And so for us, this tiny little insurance company to leave an impact on a bigger company was exciting to me. Yeah, man. That's that's really neat. And one of the things I really like about your story, and, and look, I appreciate those people, and I'm kind of one of those people. Sometimes like you sit around, you you wonder, you try to be creative, you come up with solutions, and those solutions are meant to provide a great service or product or something that benefits people. But it also, in the back of your mind, like, oh, here's how it can benefit me, and you know, here's how we can make it profitable. And, and so, look, there's nothing wrong with that. That is the normal way of doing business. But also, especially admire when someone isn't calculating in 
how does this benefit me? Or I'm trying to come up with this solution or I'm trying to, I'm going to try to get famous and, you know, I'll have thousands of inquiries and, and new leads. It's literally just, you know what, man, this just doesn't seem right. I think this is what we want to do to make it right. I'm just going to try to make a good decision from the heart and you just go with it. And then all of a sudden, you know, God just gives you favor with it. And next thing you know, you're uh, on national TV and sharing your message, yeah. you know, with it, the world. So. You're right. I think our motive was completely just innocent. Like we were just wanting to take care of our people and then also activate other companies to take care of their people. And it blew up into something that we would have never imagined. But uh, our prayer at the time was, we, we wanted to pray, God, take this from us. <laughs> but it was more so, God, increase our capacity because I felt like if I, if I were to say, take this from us, he would. <laughs> it would have died. And then we would have missed out on a huge blessing. And so instead it was, hey, he did increase our capacity. And then he brought two phenomenal team, new team members that we were able to onboard to help significantly. And so uh, it's, it's definitely... Uh, open some doors to even I talked to uh, one of Patrick Lencioni's employees. He mm-hmm. reached out to us. He's one of the first people to reach out to me because uh, they saw this going up, uh, becoming viral before we did. Cause he reached out to me. I'm like, why is this guy reaching out? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and he reached out and gave me a, a, a lot of really good pointers on how to do an interview. And uh, those of you who know me before, uh, I, I'm not an, a talker and I'm not an interviewer. And so, he it gave me a lot of tools uh, to be able to uh, answer these these questions on an improv basis, especially mm-hmm. on Fox News when millions of people are watching. It's like that's a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> you know, it's gonna be interesting. We always run into people who are like, "Man, you look familiar. I think I've seen you somewhere." And now you get to say, "Yeah, you probably saw me on Fox News or Newsmax or something like that." <laughs> You know, my joke is always, you may have seen me on America's Most Wanted. You know, you actually get a legit, uh, like, hey, you may have seen me on this uh, this thing. Well, I love it, man. I, I love the intention behind it. I love the just uh, the noble uh, purpose on just wanting to serve your people and then serve other businesses. And then the next thing you know, you're getting to, to spread that. So I think that's neat. Uh, really want to spend some time talking to you uh, about a specific topic today. Uh, we kind of go through different areas where we can improve and uh, just be better. And we usually try to bridge the personal and professional in this. And we try to do the topics that maybe not everyone else is talking about out there. So, you know, you'll hear a lot of topics like create your vision statement or whatever. Yeah. So that's stuff everywhere. But we try to look for what are those things that are also important that some people are missing and one of these is this idea of, uh, and it's really kind of two ideas mashed in one. It's the, it's the idea of peace, like in your heart, that inner peace. And then along with that is personal wellness. So this idea, the way I would call this is the okayness. Uh, so like wellness and peace are so tied together because it's, they both kind of implement uh, or indicate this idea of I'm okay. You know, I'm well, I'm at peace, everything is all right. And I feel like you're a person that just getting to know you and you and I go back years and doing leadership programs and things like that. It, it feels like you are someone who has peace and that uh, not that all of life is always smooth and you don't have ups and downs, but that, you know, you're willing to kind of go with the flow and, and take what life throws at you. And it's like, hey, when we're small and nobody knows about Buffer, you know, I'm cool. Whenever we're, you know, millions of people tuning in, we're cool. We're just going to be fine no matter what happens. And yeah. I really, really uh, like that. So that's what I want us to chat uh, about for the majority of our time remaining here. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a veteran, right? 
Yeah, okay. I was in the military for eight years or so. Okay, yeah, I, I thought that was uh, the case. And so, you know, one of the things as I was thinking about this topic, I was like, man, I think Sean, you know, uh, he, he served our country, and we appreciate that, uh, by the way. And I thought about how big of an issue it is with this idea of peace and wellness and uh, mental okayness, yeah. you know, out there. Because I know, or at least I've heard a lot of the stories of people who are struggling that come back from serving and PTSD and all the other traumas associated with that. So somebody like me, I have got enormous respect for those who've served, but I've never served. And so, like, can you help people like me understand, like, what, why is that such a prevailing uh, thing out in the world? And, like, if you were to run across, you know, one of your military brethren, like, what kind of encouragement do you try to offer them to give them peace or let them know it's going to be okay or to just uplift their spirit? Yeah, I think all of it comes back to perspective. And so uh, I remember, so I was uh, in the Army, and I was uh, infantry. was my, what they call MOS, or Military Occupation Specialty. And that is like the cowboys, basically, of the whole military. So uh, I remember I got deployed out of basic training. I was maybe three weeks out of basic training and got uh, sent to Iraq. And so we're in, in Iraq. Uh, and this is the the most volatile times typically are like when you're transitioning in to country and then transitioning out of country because the enemy is always watching and they they know when new units come in because new units either have different patches or they have different uh, logos that, and they're they're always watching. So uh, I remember uh, going into country our our unit had been under attack and uh, and it was honestly it was like a real small like it was not like a it was it was like a, a test attack to see how we would respond, and uh, the guys immediately after we get back to base, and uh, they just start chain smoking immediately. Just like their nerves are obviously we all had adrenaline, but I was like honestly I was like I'm so tired. It's like three a.m. Let's go to bed, and they they had to stay up, and it was because, and I don't mean to get preachy on this. This is not a. a a, a Christian podcast, but it's uh, the reality is like my perspective. I I knew where my eternity was. If I passed away that that day, I knew what was going to happen. And these guys, I was honestly the only Christian in my unit, and uh, a lot of them came back with PTSD. A lot of I actually have disabilities, uh, or a they get paid disability through because of their level of PTSD or their level of trauma. And so some guys are actually drawing a paycheck for mm-hmm. for not mentally being resilient. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think having a, a good perspective, uh, whether it's in war, in life, or in business, is incredibly important. And so uh, that mental wellness, that peace, that peace doesn't come necessarily because Sean's a great soldier. Mm-hmm. It comes because I know who God is and I know what he's done for me. And, and I know if I were to die, hey, Life's actually only going to get a little bit better for me, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there's those uh, existential questions that people ask that when you don't have uh, adequate or satisfying answers, it really creates inner, you know, turmoil. And, you know, in the past, uh, culture really wrestled with uh, like maybe origin, like, man, where did, where did we really come from? Where did we evolve from? Or how did we get here? You know, sometimes these uh, questions deal with, I think right now, identity. So, you know, who am I? Uh, questions of purpose or questions of morals. And so, yeah, I could see that if uh, one of the 
questions that people ask in that vein is where am I going? And if people don't really have their future, if it's not clear, especially if they're worried about eternity or death, you know, that can create that inner struggle where you're not satisfied emotionally and intellectually yeah. uh, on that. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that when we encounter people like that, we, we need to try to help them discover uh, that broader perspective and get answers to those questions that they may not even realize they're asking. Yeah. And we don't want to be preachy at them or we don't want to try to tell them, oh, here's what you need to know, but just trying to listen and see if we can help them uncover it, right? Help them uh, discover like, oh, here's here's really what you need to be at peace. Does that make no, sense? Is it, that close to what you're saying? It does make sense. And there's a series of questions that you can ask yourself to find out well, like what's important to you now. And what's important to you may be unstated. And so you may think you know what's important, but when you ask yourself, all right, what is your business? What do you want your business or your family or your life to look like in 10 years? You might picture, oh, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm on a, a yacht. I'm at the beach. I'm in the mountains, whatever. Most of the time people think about vacations, money, houses, cars, things like that. You say, all right, what do you think your life would, you want your life to look like in three to five years? And it might be building up to that that mm. vacation. And then you ask your, yourself, if you had 24 hours to live, what would you do? And it's like, no, the cars and the, the vacations go out the window. It usually always centers center around people, whether that's family or friends, something like that. And so it's like, well, if you only had 24 hours to live and those, those people are the most important thing to you, why would those people not be included in the three to five year vision and then the 10 mm. to 15 year vision? And so I think uh, having perspective, it all just comes down to perspective. But then at the same time, as you're building a business, that's why the stock market goes up and down all the time because these short term kind of views. If you had a, a, a perspective that your business was going to be 100 years old, what do you want it to look like then? Mm-hmm. You might do something very differently. You might be okay with losing some money in the short term. Are you familiar with the uh, book by Simon Sinek called The Infinite Game? No, I just actually put it on my Audible like wish list, though. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the premise of that. Is like you really got to think big picture, and you got to stop thinking like short term and short uh, game. It really uh, changes your your thought process on it. Well, man, that is really good stuff. It's a heavy topic when we talk about you know our servicemen and women and the struggles that they're dealing with, and you know, but it's something that we need to discuss, and I think we need to be aware of. And you know, we think about sacrifices that people make. A lot of times, we think about um, you know the physical, the ones who lay down their life, or the ones who get you know injured in battle or amputations or things like that. But I think what's a little bit more hidden is the ones who have real deep emotional pain. Yeah. And, uh, and even intellectual struggles that uh, create this mental uh, challenge, and, war- and it's a secondary war they're having to fight. And so, uh, really, uh, I know you mentioned earlier, this isn't a Christian podcast, and it's not per se, but you know, we are definitely faith-driven, and there is a yeah. faith element to what we do. So I would encourage our improvers, one, just be aware of this, uh, that it is a big issue. Uh, pray uh, for those veterans, that mm-hmm. uh, especially that you know personally. Be sure to lift them up. Reach out to them uh, if you feel like they're struggling, you know, try to take them out and then, you know, help them uncover stuff. Again, we're not here to, you know, preach at people or force our way on people, but to help them discover uh, answers to the questions can sometimes be very healing. So we've got some other questions on this topic, not necessarily dealing with veterans, but just people in general, especially entrepreneurs, business owners, aspiring professionals, and how to balance your professional ambitions with your personal wellness. So we're going to get to that in a moment. We're going to pause for a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the commercial. This episode is brought to you by the Improver Network. 
Members of the Improver Network get exclusive access to bonus episodes of our podcast. Additional member benefits include educational content, encouraging community, and practical coaching to accelerate personal and professional growth. For more information about becoming a member, visit improver.network today. Hello and welcome back to the Improver Network Podcast. Still here with Sean Turner. And hey, Sean, uh, Dr. John Deloney, uh, does that name ring a bell to you? Some people know him, some people don't, but... Is he your pediatrician? <laughs> no, he's not. It sounds like a pediatrician name, right? No, Dr. John Deloney, uh, he's got a cool backstory, but the short end of it is right now he's a Ramsey uh, Solutions personality, and so he's got a radio show uh, podcast on it. Uh, I think they've nicknamed him Double Doctorate John because he's got two doctor degrees. Oh, wow. like. Man, yeah, very, very smart guy, but he really deals a lot with emotional health and, you know, uh, your relationship, uh, you know, cultivating healthy relationships. So he uh, mentioned a phrase, I don't know, maybe a year ago or so, and the phrase he mentioned was, uh, wellness is a direction, uh, not a destination. Mm. So wellness is a direction, not a destination. Whenever I say that, like, what comes to mind for you? What do you think of that quote? Uh, like, what what thoughts uh, are generated? I, there's a similar quote. It's like, it's not a matter of uh, how fast you're... Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to botch the quote. I won't, yeah. <laughs> I won't even attempt it. No, I, I think... I think. Uh, so my father-in-law, he just had uh, heart surgery in February of last year. And he almost died. Like He had like three uh, blockages around his heart. One of them, Widowmaker, is like 80% blocked. And the doctor, essentially, the cardiologist said, uh, you know, this didn't happen overnight. This happened over years of compounded uh, you eating ice cream and you doing this and you doing that. And so I think, yeah, you're right. Wellness is definitely a direction. Uh, and so it's it's more so taking the steps on a daily basis. You don't have to be this A-plus uh, person who's eating salads for every meal. But if you're a consistent B player over years, those decisions compound. Yeah. Do, do you think that sometimes people view, well, if I just get to this finish line, then that's when I'm going to be well, that's when I'm okay, and like if I can just accomplish X, Y, and Z, then then life will be, it'll all make sense and be all right. Have you seen that happen with people? Yeah, especially, so we do a lot of Medicare insurance, which is insurance for seniors, so people turning 65, and the overwhelming theme we see all the time is that I hate my job. I've been doing this for 35 years. Mm. I can't wait till retirement. Well, you wouldn't believe how many people say that and then they get to retirement and, and like a week into it, they have a stroke. And now the rest of their retirement is not all green grass. It's going to doctor's offices and taking like medications and doing surgeries and things like that that they never envisioned. And so uh, I think if it just goes back to purpose, really. Find out what your purpose is. Just like if you could, you could simplify it. What's the purpose of scissors to cut things, right? Mm -hmm. Why is it so hard for us as people to find out our purpose? And so uh, I, th I think yeah. a, a lot of those decisions go back to find out who you are and then pursue that. No, that's really good. In fact, uh, we've got an event coming up this week called Legacy Summit. And at this event, uh, Kyle Gabhart is doing a book release. And his book is called Legends Don't Retire and Neither Should You. I love it. And 
you know, part of it is he's not saying you always have to work your nine to five for the rest of your life. In fact, that's really the opposite of what he's getting at. Uh, but one of the things he talks about in the book is you discover uh, what you're retiring from, yes, but what are you retiring to and what is your ultimate purpose? And you are able to have a work optional lifestyle that allows you to live into that purpose. And so I think that's, that's part of what you're talking about is, yeah, just reaching retirement or reaching an income level or a promotion status or a title, uh, that's not going to make everything okay. And sometimes that's what people think, oh, well, once I get to retirement, life will be good. Uh, in fact, some people keep pushing off their dreams and they keep pushing off their calling thinking, oh, when I get done with this, then I will. I can remember even as a uh, young teen, there were certain ambitions that I had. And I thought, well, you know what? I really can't do that because I don't have a car yet. If I could just get my driver's license. And I remember getting my driver's license. I thought, well, you know, I'm only 16. Once I'm 18, I'll be an, officially an adult. That That's when I can actually go and I'll be seen as more legitimate because I'm an adult at 18, which by the way, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I was, at 18, I can remember thinking like, you know what? I do want to do some of these things, but uh, I really need to finish school first because without a degree, nobody really, they're not going to show me the respect I need. And I really need to get that, that degree and then I'll do it. And then I was like, kind of got all the way, almost done through college. I was like, well, I really need to be married. You know, if I'm married, then people will really like look up to me and think that, oh, he's, he could, he could help me in this area. And then it's like, oh, well, but kids, you know, really a married couple that kids, what do they know about life? <laughs> you know, that was yeah. what I thought, <laughs> you know, just, just crazy thoughts, but you just keep, you keep punting. But when the kids get out of this uh, infant stage and I can sleep all night, when they go to school, well, school stuff and sports stuff is so complicated. Once they go to a college and you just keep putting it off thinking one day it's all going to, it's all going to be better and easier, but then you wake up and you've spent your whole life just punting and procrastinating on what you were supposed to be here doing. Imagine how much better life would have been because you were, I'm not saying that you were doing yeah. this, but some people who think that way is thinking that either they're inadequate or their life is inadequate. That's right. And in reality, it's like, it's just perspe- per- perspective change. That's right. Yeah, I was looking for validation uh, yeah. on that. Like, I needed, I needed. Well, you know what? If I do this, then they will see me as legit. And the fact is, like, I've done all the things that I thought you should do, including you know, got four kiddos and you know, a healthy marriage, and we live in a nice home and a nice area. I've uh, sold businesses for seven figures. Like, I've done these things, and it still doesn't matter. Like, nothing changed on that. People aren't saying, okay, you know what? Now, now you actually uh, you've reached it, and also mentally and emotionally. Hitting these different thresholds didn't make me more whole. They didn't make me more, uh, oh, you know what? I'm so much happier now that I got this accolade or I got this license or I got this income level. Uh, that's not really what ultimately fulfills us. And I think a lot of yeah. people are looking for fulfillment. They're looking for their peace and things that just really aren't going to satisfy. Yeah, that's good. You could uh, go into a whole sermon after yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's right. And actually, I'm reminding myself of a story. It's supposed to be me here asking you stuff, but I'm going to share the story because I think it's really good and applicable here. Uh, but me and my son, many years ago, we were watching, I say many, like, I don't know, five, four or five years ago, we were watching World War II in HD. And I don't know if you've watch that but man you know you've color. hit your your 30s when you're watching world war ii videos. right that's right i'm turning into dad mode for sure but you know we're sitting around there watching world war ii in hd color that's what it was too. It was like man this is this is crazy felt in some ways i'm like man the sound it was crazy but there was one story that really stuck out to me and um it was about the guys, I think they were over in the Pacific, and they were showing these uh, kamikaze fighter pilots from Japan that were flying mm-hmm. into these naval ships and you know, just destroying them. And these sailors on the 
ship, they were jumping overboard and some of them would survive and they would just hang on to this like wreckage that was out floating in the ocean. And uh, sometimes they would be out there for days and weeks before they could get rescued. And of course, some never got rescued. Uh, But the thing that really stuck out to me was the soldiers who shared that uh, they would get really thirsty out there uh, floating on, you know, this, this wreckage out in the ocean. And some of the soldiers would start to drink the ocean water to quench their thirst. And all the other soldiers would say, no, don't do it, don't do it. But what would happen when they would drink that ocean water is it actually caused them to, um, what do you call it, not having visions, but... Uh, hallucinate. You, hallucinate, yeah. It would cause hallucinations uh, out there. So they would see things that weren't real. They would actually try to attack one another and kill one another, you know, the deal because they thought they were being you know, uh, challenge or attacked. And these people were going insane. And some of them would like swim away thinking, oh, there's a uh, land. And there was really no land, but they were hallucinating from drinking the salt water. And it makes me think that, you know, people are thirsty in the world. They want yeah. peace. They're, they want to be okay and well and whole. And they're looking for all this stuff out there to satisfy and quench that thirst, but really it's salt water that the world offers. The world offers this thing that it actually has got more flavor than regular water. If you ever drink regular water and drink a little salt water, the salt actually has a little bit more punch to it. There's a little bit more flavor with the saltiness, Yeah, but that doesn't actually satisfy your thirst. It enhances it. It causes you to become more thirsty, and it distorts reality. And I think some of our listeners right now your reality is not reality. It's been distorted, yeah. and it's because you're drinking the salt water of the world instead of getting real water. And I think the real water is Jesus, and he says, I'm the living water, and if you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. Yeah. And I think what could change somebody's life, they say, you know what, I'm going to stop chasing the money, the promotion, the car, the thing. Uh, some of these things on their own are not bad, but if you're chasing them for your fulfillment, you're just going to always end up thirsty and never satisfied. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. We're having church. Man, I know. <laughs> one of the only pictures I kept envisioning when you kept thinking of saying salt water, I was thinking Justin's one of those people that puts salt on his watermelon. <laughs> oh man, are you, you? Know what you are? So I used <laughs> I used to be that was part of my country boy roots. Is we would bust the watermelon, throw salt on it, cantaloupe, you know, all that stuff. We would add salt to the tomatoes and. Then, um, I don't know, as I got a little bit older and realized the uh, health uh, detriments of having too much sodium uh, that it was having, my body was retaining way too much water, and the doctor's like, you got to stop with the salt, man. Like, so, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, man, but, uh, but yeah, don't drink the salt water out there. So No, that's, yeah. I think people, their perspective on what's important is needs to change. Like I think all of us need to renew our mind daily with what, what, are, what are we chasing today? What are, what's important? And I think the media is trying to tell us what's important. And over the last two years, what we've the message we've seen is that inequality is our enemy. And so mm. we're trying to make everyone equal, right? Everyone's trying to be on the same page. And inequality is actually a good thing. So if you are working a minimum wage job, it would be a good thing for you to rise and make more money, to go from $7 to $15 to $20 to $15. to $150 to $3,000 an hour, you know? And so inequality is a good thing because it it allows you to pursue uh, something greater. Uh, Instead of inequality being the enemy, it's poverty. Poverty is really the enemy. And so uh, poverty can come from lack of motivation to, uh, I, I heard a guy say there's like four aspects of poverty. It's spiritual, relational, 
material and um, I can't remember the last one, mm-hmm. but the financial maybe. Did you already say material? That one? Material. So, yeah. There, yeah. Uh, it'll it'll come to me later, but uh, it'll come to me when it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if if we don't have the right motivation, we're not going to pursue anything greater. Um, but no, your point was really good. I well well received over here. Yeah, appreciate that. Well, I love quotes and little pithy phrases like that. And mm-hmm. there's another one that uh, I was just thinking about, which is uh, if you don't ne- if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be forced to make time for your illness. Uh, and then I'm we were gonna... talking about Tom Ziegler earlier too, and I remember uh, he said something to the effect of uh, your lifestyle affects your lifespan. And I thought that was really interesting uh, too. So you know, all of this has got to do with. How do we steward our time? How do we steward our resources, especially as it relates to our wellness? And whatever choices you make end up affecting how well you are and how at peace that you may be. Uh, Your company, in part, helps employers with their benefit packages, right? And so how do you see that tying into this idea of people being taken care of and being okay and being made well, being made whole again? Where do you see that coming up? Yeah, I think it's funny that health insurance is called health insurance. It should be called sick insurance because <laughs> uh, right. uh, no one's insuring the health; they're insuring the sickness, right? Or the the. So the would you advocate needed. for death insurance too, not life insurance? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't get it till you die. Yeah. So it's death insurance, yeah. right? Well, so because a lot of times people see us as a health insurance agents, and so yeah. we when we were actually looking at our own company, like what do we want to project ourselves as? We were like, well, we're energetic, we're healthy people. And so we actually introduced health as one of our five core values. And so with each of our core values, we have three sentences that we call impact statements. And those impact statements define what success looks like for our employees to be behaving in that value. And health is one of them. And so uh, it's one of those things where we were just talking about earlier at the office, Half of our office is running half marathon or uh, 10K or something along those lines. And sure, employers want their employees to be healthy. Number one, uh, healthy employees uh, reduce absenteeism. So uh, sick employees are uh, are always going to the doctor visits or missing work, things like that. And so there's, there's different things that employers can advocate. But I really think that it starts with the culture and what they're uh, setting the expectation to be, and then also what are the things that they're allowing. So, uh, if a, if you want health to be one of the one of your cultures or cult, cultural values, uh, don't buy donuts for your employees yeah. every single day. Like that's not <laughs> that's nice to have every once in a while, but it's one of those things that maybe y'all go out to Cava or Salada or whatever healthy yeah. food place. Get a get a good alternative. You know, I think. Um, you know, I've never been one of these people I like to bash the church because it's so easy to pick on the church. But yeah, I spent 10 years in ministry before going into the business world. And one of the things that always stuck out to me was this idea that if a, if a pastor got up and was behind the pulpit and was like, man, you know, this weekend I, I drank too much. Like, man, <laughs> like the deacons are meeting, you know, they're having personnel committee meetings. Like, is it time? It's time for this pastor to go. Like, he just got up and said he drank too much. That would just be absurd on it. 
But yet, you know, holiday weekend, it, like he gets up behind the pulpit and is like, oh man, I ate too much this weekend. Well, you know, gluttony and alcoholism are equal sins, you yeah. know, in the scripture, but like we glorified the gluttony one while we demonized the alcohol part. And that inconsistency there, I think, shows up in our health and wellness because we we pick and choose like, oh, this is the one I'm going to be okay with. And this is, yeah. you know, uh, drugs are bad, uh, but sugar is always good no matter how much I get, even though sugar is as addictive as cocaine can be, you know, on there. So we say uh, cheese is cocaine for people who have jobs. Uh, so like queso. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you get addicted to those uh, those things. So yeah, it's just blind spots you have. Well, hey, uh, you know, not everything in life has a shortcut, but there are sometimes uh, better uh, processes or systems or apps or things like that. And uh, I'm just curious, again, because you strike me as someone who has peace and overall wellness and, and balance in, in a lot of your life. Uh, do you have certain like apps or hacks or tips or resources that you're like, man, here, here's just something that I think is very practical. So we've been in the heady space a lot talking about ideas and abstract, but somebody's like, look, dude, I, I don't, I don't need all the dreamer stuff or the big idea stuff. What's the, what's the takeaway or what's the simple thing I can do? Does anything come to mind that you could recommend to our listeners? Yeah. Looking for a, a like a hack. I, I don't know that there's like a real hack. You, it's, it's almost like look at yourself in the mirror and, and then evaluate yourself and then where do you want to be? And then where do you also want your employees or your team to be? And I think that's important to kind of start with the end in mind. And if, if you want all your employees to, I don't know, uh, be able to run a, a 5K, what would it take to do that? And so just kind of reverse engineer it. And so one of the things we do often is we evaluate how, how are people adhering to our cultural values. And so uh, we have this uh, people analyzer thing where they're evaluated by their peers on a quarterly basis. And one of those things is health. And so, hey, did did such and such, did they advocate for a balanced and healthy lifestyle? Actually, let me read these to you because this yeah. will put it more in context. But we have... And is that a proprietary system or is that a public one that maybe would be a benefit to our listeners? No, anyone could use it. So we essentially have what we call quarterly conversations and it's every 90 days from the person's hire date. But that and, system that you use, is that a system that you guys built on your office back in or is that something that someone could go and look up and subscribe to? No, they can look it up and... Subscribe to what's the name of it? Uh, the system we yeah. use, I don't know that we have a name for oh, okay, it. Okay, gotcha. Um, but I think if you look at uh, the entrepreneurial operating system and things like that, those EOS models that they similar stuff, but essentially what we're doing is every 90 days we have a, a check in, so we have uh, from their hire date, and then on the fourth one, which would be their annual review, it's a couple of different questions, but because we use Bamboo HR and it's got some of that kind of deal, and that's why I was wondering if you had a thing like that or what have you, but it, it prompts us every quarter to provide the feedback and kind of the 360 yeah. evaluations and it kind of keeps, it systematizes it. Bamboo makes it easy, Bamboo HR. But yep. uh, so we have these core values, which I would really uh, have everyone, uh, every business owner uh, articulate these because when we didn't have these articulated, we had people on our team that didn't match and I couldn't figure out why. And then when we finally put them into words, we're like, oh, well, that makes sense. He only matches two of the five. And so on the, on the health one, though, it says we pursue physical, spiritual, mental health. So you notice like health, if you just say health is our core value, yeah. to someone at a church, they might only see it in a spiritual aspect. 
But someone who works for, I don't know, Orange Theory Fitness, they might only see it in a physical mm-hmm. standpoint. But we say that it's encompassing of physical, spiritual, and mental. It says, we advocate for a balanced, healthy lifestyle and lead by example. In our third impact statement, it says, we discipline ourselves today to ensure our future impact on the lives of others. And so our whole purpose is built around serving other people. We can't serve other people for dead. And so we need to start making decisions to discipline our, ourselves to be able to be around to serve people. And so those three sentences are, are something that people get uh, evaluated on on a quarterly basis within our company. So I think just having that uh, reassurance every 90 days really keeps people focused on what's important. Man, I really like that. And those are very practical uh, tips. And yeah, it's real easy if you kind of always say stay at the 30,000 foot view and you leave so much ambiguity there in your values and in your vision, people can start interpreting these through their own lens. And so you got to find that sweet spot on, you're not getting too granular that like, Oh, here's the details that don't really matter, but you're also not too abstract that people get to make up their own definition for (laughs) these things. So that's really cool, man. Well, I know you said you weren't just necessarily a huge uh, regular book reader, but you liked audible. So could you recommend some audible books or regular books or podcasts that uh, you say, you know, we got a bunch of entrepreneurs, small business owners, listening people who are aspiring professionals and just want to be better at serving and leading people. What would you recommend? Oh man, I have the look. I could just scroll for days on this. Oh uh, man, but any so. of them stick out to you? That's like, man, they've had a, a big impact, or you know, I mean, there's classic ones like uh, Napoleon Hill's uh, "Think and Grow Rich." Uh, that was a phenomenal resource. Uh, notice in the, the title, it's not work hard and grow rich, it's think and grow rich. And that mm-hmm. kind of goes back to, the reason I bring that up is because uh, the theme kind of so far has been wellness and perspective. And I think that helps you realign your your perspective, but think and grow rich. Um, there was some stuff in that book that I was like, man, I couldn't quite figure out what my thoughts were on it. Did you read, do you remember? Yeah, he gets a little stuff? weird. Like the energy level and like the ether and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. there's, there's some stuff in there that's like, uh, take it with a grain of salt. But yeah. others like, I think he's he was trying to describe the Holy Spirit, but he didn't have words for it. I yeah. think is really what part of that was. I know, that makes a lot of sense to me um, too, yeah. There's, a, there's a, a, a guy that I've been following on Instagram a lot recently. His name is Patrick Bet David. I don't know if you've seen him, but he's got a, a Instagram page called Valuetainment. And he actually, he's an insurance agent as well. So, but he, uh, his niche is uh, life insurance. He's got a book called Your Next Five Moves that I thought was pretty uh, practical, but also uh, you don't have to be a business owner to to get takeaways from that. I thought that was really good. Cool. Um. I'm kind of nerdy. I watch or I listen to a lot of Thomas Sewell. Uh, he's an economist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is that a podcast or is that a book or something? It's, you got, a, or? it's a book and they're actually all free. And so he's okay. got a lot of uh, free stuff on Audible, uh, like applied economics. Uh, and then just I, the reason I like it is because it's so well-rounded around um, business demand versus what do people desire versus what's uh, what's available in the marketplace but then I also get I like you can't just listen to straight business books all the time. Like your life really I gets can. well. <laughs> you're you're definitely a different just breed kidding, than I am. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, even me, I get through a little ebb and flow. But man, I love these nonfiction, personal growth, development books. But yeah, yeah, the average person isn't as nerdy as me, and uh, they they need to mix it up, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I think some good fiction ones like there's Ready Player One, which that that's a really cool book. They actually turned it into a movie you can listen to, but that one specifically why I think it's relevant is because they wrote it back in early 2000s and it very 
uh, in detail describes like the opening paragraph. They talk about uh, gas prices are so high and there's sickness everywhere. And so uh, it, the, the whole book is around this metaverse and, and this player within the metaverse. And they've described this whole economy, this world, like where people are going in and getting school study, like all from all like in Africa to India to America, they're all going to this virtual classroom to study. So um, that's an interesting book. Very cool, man. Well, I love it. Well, thank you for sharing those things with us. Is there anything else that you're like, man, I was really hoping we would get to this or I really wanted to let people know about X uh, that you feel like, man, it would be a bummer if we ended the podcast or you feel pretty good about uh, what we discussed. No, I feel pretty good. I want to say that you're doing an amazing job and I, I think you're doing, uh, you're providing not just the resources and tools, but the the mentality people need, the coaching that people need. And I wish I had you in 2018 yeah. <laughs> when I started, because one of the things you asked me when we first started was, who are some people that have impacted you? And I think if I had your framework, what yeah. you're doing, like it really would have set me on a different trajectory. So I'm excited for what you're building here. Well, that's cool, man. Well, we are the Improver Network. I'm the Improver Coach. If I'd have been around then, I'm not really good at starting things. Though. I'm good at improving them. So maybe the timing <laughs> is just right. Maybe this is exactly yeah. when we need yeah. to be reconnecting. So, <laughs> I love But that's awesome, man. I appreciate the affirmation and the encouragement. And uh, it's been good chatting with you. You know about it. Uh, I, I really appreciate, like I said earlier, your service and uh, also just your uh, the way you stood for you know values and uh, you know it, it's it's hard to go counterculture even if you're doing it by accident because <laughs> uh, yeah. you weren't that wasn't your intention. Your intention was just to do the right thing, but that's the way it happens sometimes. So. Uh, really like what you got going on out there, you know, at Buffer. Uh, a lot of people know that uh, I was in insurance for about 12 or 13 years and uh, recently uh, sold the agency and got out. And so I know the insurance world and, yeah, what you're doing is needed. Uh, if someone wanted to connect with you, uh, either at Buffer or I don't know if you've got uh, public social media or uh, other ways of contact, but how would people reach out and connect with you or if they want to have you on their podcast or their show, uh, how would they reach out? Yeah, send it, uh, or I guess go to bufferinsurance.com. That's uh, B-U-F-F-E-R insurance.com. And they can go to the contact us page. Uh, those uh, emails don't all go to me anymore, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they can also find me on LinkedIn as well, Sean Turner. I'm over in uh, South Lake, Texas, so uh, I'm easily searchable. Um, but one of the things, real fast, I, I know you're closing this out, no, but one good. of the things that you said was that being countercultural by accident, uh, there are a lot of people who want to... Uh, hear your values and they want to do business. And so we say all the time, you can vote at the ballot box. In fact, the midterms are coming up and that's going to be really important that people get out and vote, but you can vote every single day with your dollars. Mm -hmm. And so finding companies that you uh, know that you could stand behind and that they align with your belief system. I think it's so important to shop with those types of companies. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being with us today and look forward to connecting with you again in the future. And improvers, as always, we hope that you will stay good, recognize the good and appreciate it, but also look to see where you can get better and improve. And we will uh, connect with you again on the next podcast. Take care. Thank you for listening to this production of the Improver Network podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch future episodes. For more information about the Improver Network, visit us online at improver.network. That's www.improver.network. And connect with us on social. Until next time, keep getting better.